0: Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, twenty five. Picks up a block at the thirty, it's at the forty. Drink it in, 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 now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo. Caught. Touchdown to Torbier, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in.
1: Touchdown Detroit Lions!
0: Cornbread! Never. <laughs> <laughs> drink it in, drink it in, drink it in. Uh... What's going on everybody? Welcome back to the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. This is your host Derek Okri. You know, you know I'm serving up that Detroit Kool-Aid Wednesdays and Fridays. Welcome to the Wednesday show and you know... We're talking NFL Draft. I mean, drink it in, everybody. Drink it in, man. Uh... And there's nobody better to share a glass of that Honolulu blue-flavored Kool-Aid, a big tall glass, and talk some Detroit Lions than with Logan Lamarandier, the pristine writer over at Sports Illustrated All Lions. You can find him on all types of media platforms. He's jumping on the show again today to talk all things draft with me. Logan, how you doing this week?
1: Oh, doing great. Just ready for the drafts at this point. I mean, I've looked over too many mock drafts and it's like every (laughs) single scenario I've seen played out and I'm just ready for it to happen.
0: Well, perfect, man. thats uh, I know you said you were caught up, you were ready to go for the show. I think it's going to be a great one. And like you said, that's perfect that you've done that because we're going to go over scenarios at 7, put you through the test a little bit. We're going to talk about who's maybe your favorite pick if they're picking at 7, who's a guy you maybe don't want, get into some draft needs, talk about that mock draft roundup. We'll do all that. And then word has it you're going to come back on the Friday show and me and you are both going to share some of our our guys, guys that we like, guys that we f- think fit the Lions, guys that we're hoping we are great value picks. Do I have that right? Is that confirmed?
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's confirmed. <laughs> you got it. Oh
0: man, that's big time. A double dip from Logan. So Logan, as I always say on the show, we don't mess around. Let's just get right into football talk. And like I said, we're talking scenarios. So let me let me throw a couple at you. So we all know the first three are quarterbacks. Now before we get to the Lions. That pick number three. Who's it going to be? Where are you at with that San Francisco pick?
1: Yeah, this is, I feel like is a true wild card because you you hear all the Mac Jones reports that he's the pick, but in my mind, it sh- it should be Justin Fields. Um, I I don't know why the Mac Jones hype train has just been full steam ahead recently. I know he had a very prolific season last year, and what he did was impressive, but. It, just look at it in terms of potential. I think his ceiling is a lot lower than a guy like Justin Fields. So maybe schematically, <laughs> Shanahan likes Jones better, and that's just personal preference. It's like that with a lot of different players at different positions. You know, every team has their own guys and kind of things that they're looking for and that fit their schemes. But to me, I, I still mocking Justin Fields there because I just have a hard time believing that it's going to be Mac Jones, but we'll see what happens. And that's really where the draft starts because who knows what's going to happen. You haven't seen any like firm reports that it's going to be either fields or even you got to throw Trey Lance in there. He's been getting mocked there plenty as well. So I I have no idea which way they're going to go. They've, it's just one of those things you kind of have to wait and see. I don't know if it impacts the lions all too much. They, I guess maybe if uh, they were to pick Mac Wilson, and Fields falls down the board a little bit and he's available for the Lions. That gives him a really interesting decision to make or a possible trade down. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on pick three?
0: Well, I actually think it's a real big pick, to be honest, because we know it's a quarterback, but which quarterback? So you, you laid it out there well. I, I'm in total agreement with you that if it's me making the pick, it's definitely a Justin Fields or or my guy Trey Lance it dang sure ain't freaking Mac Jones that's for sure like that just seems like an absolute reach um I don't care if he you fits your system or what I just I just like don't like that at all if I'm the GM but as a Lions fan if San Francisco takes Mac Jones I mean I got one response oh ho, ho. Oh man, Mac Jones going at three. That just means it pushes another player down regardless. So I'm very anxious to see what happens and I'm definitely rooting for the Mac Jones to be the pick um, as a Lions fan. No doubt about it. So, so let's get to the scenario. So here's my first one I'll throw at you. Pick number four, Kyle Pitts to the Falcons. Pick five, Penny Sewell to the Bengals. Pick six, Jamar Chase to the Miami Dolphins. In that scenario, who are you taking as Lions GM, Logan Lamarandier?
1: Yeah, so I, is that with pick three, Justin Fields, or Mac Jones? <laughs>
0: Let's go with Mac Jones, because we're hoping for, for that to happen. Fields is on the board. Ah.
1: So this is where I struggle. You know, you've heard me on your other podcast talking about, how oh, the Lions should build team first before drafting a quarterback. All Maximize that four-year rookie window <laughs> of a quarterback. But I, you know, staying true to my board, it'd be Justin Fields is still the best player available in my mind. Um, and I imagine there'd be a trade down spot, but you know, outside of the quarterback, I don't know if the lions would be flexible enough where, or <laughs> I think they have confidence in golf where they might be like, we're happy with him. We're going to give him a shot and they go the best position of player available. But I still think like Justin Fields is the best value at that point. But um is this is this me making my decision or what I think would happen?
0: <laughs> I, I love all the caveats and the anguish that you hear on Logan's uh, in his voice trying <laughs> to make these decisions. This is tremendous. This is why we're doing this exercise. This is you, man. This is you making the pick for the current Lions team. Uh,
1: so I think I would go Justin Fields just because. I would hate to pass him up. I, I do think he's a really good quarterback. And yes, there are concerns with him that I have, but I think they're fixable. And he's just a guy that has all the talent in the world. And if he can sit and learn for a year, so be it. And if the Lions have a smaller window with that rookie contract, I think it's justifiable still to take fields and you know see if they can build a team around him in the two years and maybe even hit on some picks. And when it, once he does get paid, if he were to get paid and he pans out just like we think he will, um, you can build a roster around them and try to go that route. So I, I just don't think it's not often you're not, you're going to get a guy like Justin Fields fall into your lap. Um, And I think the Lions will have a high draft pick next year. And you never know what type of quarterbacks are going to jump up draft boards, guys like Zach Wilson or, you know, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow. The guy, there always seems to be players that move up, but you know, if, Looking at next year's class, if the Lions have a top three pick, I don't know if there's going to be a quarterback that's better than Justin Fields. So I'd probably take Justin Fields. And, you know, if Goff pans out and he plays well, perfect. Then there's some trade value there. But I I would just be very worried about passing on Fields to go for a guy like Rastron Slater or Jalen Waddell, even though I I like both of those players. Um, That quarterback position is just so valuable.
0: Very, very interesting. Now, you as you do often here on the show, you laid it out very well, very thorough. But there is a, a term that's been coined here on the show, and it's waffle maker <laughs> now the definition <laughs> of waffle maker is a guy that says one thing and then flips to the other side or or rides the fence in, in some scenarios now you have been banging the table of wait on the QBs wait for two years build the squad now you're taking a quarterback at number seven that you like him but you don't love him but he's your best on your board but it goes against your philosophy I, I'm shocked by this answer by you I really am
1: well, that's because you took Penny Sewell <laughs> off the board, Kyle Pitts, and Jamar Chase. If any of those gotta, guys were still available, I, I would have taken start them. You. But you left me – I am I like Jalen Waddle as a player. <laughs> I like Rashawn Slater as a player. But I don't like either of them better than Justin Fields, and you put me in a real conundrum here.
0: <laughs> I, I had to get you right off the bat with one of the hard scenarios. So let's go to scenario number two. You might have an easier answer here for this one. Fields goes to the Falcons. Chase to the Bengals, Kyle Pitts to the Dolphins.
1: Uh, yeah, that's pretty easy then. Penny Sewell would be my guy. He's actually behind Trevor Lawrence. He's my second guy on my big board that I would take. So I'm, I'm all for the Lions drafting Sewell. And even though he would probably be penciled in as a right tackle, considering his age, he's only 20 years old. By the time Taylor Decker's contract comes up, Penny Sewell is going to only be 24, 25 years old. And you can switch over to left tackle. Maybe you can to go to the left tackle sooner than that and move Decker over to the right side. If, if Sewell really shows out and reaches the potential, I think he can. But just both tackle spots are so important. And having a, a guy like Sewell on a rookie contract, I think is just as valuable um, as any position there is out there because tackles aren't cheap. And to have an elite one on a rookie contract, it's just like what we talk about with quarterbacks. Now it's not to that extent where the tackles are getting paid that much quarterback money but they're still you know probably the second or third highest paid position and for what the Lions want to do with their scheme they don't have to run the ball and protect golf I think so it's just a type of prospect again that's on the the elite level you know like the generational talent type of level that you just can't pass up
0: so what's crazy for me is like Penny Sewell has got this late buzz here in Detroit and by Lions fans like he wasn't talked about at all early in the process and now I'd say in the last few weeks I mean everybody's on this train everybody thinks there's a you know good possibility he'll be there you know I know Bengals are that swing pick but I'm definitely on the side that the Bengals are more so to make Joe Burrow happy sell jerseys get that swag get that excitement like I see them going Jamar Chase. I really do. But, and you sound really excited to make that pick. Now, the Lions, you know, building up the lines, both defense and offense, is always kind of the default answer by everybody. The tried and true football type answer that you want to give, whether you're in a front office or you're on the microphones like me and you. But, you know, I always say the counterpoint is, it's a different game today. You got to kind of open up the field, wing it around, score points, you know, nobody can touch anybody on defense. So it's like, I I like O-linemen, but sometimes I think those are like the safe pick on paper, but they don't give you that bang for the buck. Like you want at seven, you want a really guy that can put the ball in the paint, score touchdowns, guy that can, you know, be marketable, do all those things. And like, I like Penny Sewell, and he's one of the guys I really would love to fall there, but do you have any worries about him? I mean, I've heard a few things where he might not be the top tackle or some people are making it out, but he seemed to be one of the most pure prospects kind of from day one in this process, but now it's starting to get a little muddy.
1: Yeah, and I don't think Lions fans are necessarily talking about him early in the process just cuz everyone assumed that he wouldn't be available all the way at pick 7. Right. Um and as far as the concerns his arm length isn't crazy long. It's 33 and a quarter and usually that minimal threshold for tackles is right at 33. So I mean, long arms are very important for tackles cuz they need to be able to outreach, you know, defenders who are trying to use either the strong arm move or kind of, you know, converting that speed to power type thing, they got to be able to really lock out those arms and keep the defenders off of them. And so that would be the one concern, but you look at his athletic testing. I mean, he's a great athlete at 330 pounds, almost six foot five. It's, he really, there's not really many concerns I had with him. And yeah, you know, this 2019 film, I thought was just super impressive. And, uh, I, I just feel like he's one of the safer picks in the draft. And I know he, he's not the flashy player. He's not going to sell jerseys. He's not going to see big plays or, you know, score touchdowns or anything like that. But in terms of value, you just look at what it costs to get a player of his caliber, assuming he pans out. Um, they're not cheap. So it's, you can either choose to go to the draft to get these guys and get them get, you know, at least four years of really cheap, um, relatively to their position, and that's where my mind is at when selecting a tackle is just it saves you a lot of money from trying to find a replacement elsewhere. And then there's serviceable guys. There's guys like Terrell Crosby you can find in the later rounds, but uh, I, I just feel like having Penny Sewell on that line would give the Lions one of the best offensive lines in the league at because the most important positions are center in your tackles. And, yeah, guards are important too, but it's the tackles that are really – the key as well as the center. And that would give the lions a really nice young core going forward.
0: Yep. I'm with you. I I do think it's intriguing. I I'm really curious, you know, like I said, it's, you're basically sitting there if you're a lions fan at number five, and if they read off the name Jamar chase, you pretty much know that Penny Sewell is going to be there. We just do not know as we never do what the lions are thinking or what Brad Holmes thinks or what his plan is. And I'll be real curious if they just run that card to the podium or, like you say, if Penny Sewell and a quarterback and some people are there. You got the trade down aspect. You always got to weigh that. Like, do we want to just trade out and acquire picks or is Penny Sewell too good that you have to just make the selection? Before I go, I got two more um, scenarios I mean, then we take our break. But I want to throw that at you. If Penny Sewell is there but you get a trade offer, whether it be because another quarterback, somebody wants to jump up, are you making that deal to acquire picks or are you saying, nope, I got to have this guy on my whole line?
1: Uh, I, I mean, it really all depends um, because I don't – Sewell wouldn't make it past uh, the Panthers one pick later. you know, I, I think right. the Panthers are a great spot for even Rashawn Slater type of thing where uh, if Sewell's on the board, they're not going to pass him up. So I, I know it's pretty common to see – Denver moving up a few spots, maybe land their quarterback. And that would be great just to move down a couple spots and pick up more draft capital, but you're going to lose Sewell. And I guess constellation prize would be Rashawn Slater or, um, you know, uh, Jalen Waddle would still probably be there as well. But to me, it, it would take a lot uh, to, to move me away from taking Sewell at seven. The trade would have to be pretty good. Like Sewell is again, just a guy that, I like maybe more than most, but I still think he's the second best prospect in this draft class.
0: Interesting. Now you started that answer with depends and I almost had to jump all over you because uh, (laughs) like I say, when I ask, are you going to do this or that? I can't get depends. Maybe I'm, or or answer both sides. I I need a straight, uh, straight up answer from Logan here. I put you in the hot seat here on the show, but in in my scenario, I tell people all the time on Twitter, you can find me at Derek Oakry and definitely go chase down Logan Lamer and Deer. He's all over Twitter, putting out great content. Like I'm always out there saying that every time you look at a trade down, The three, four players that usually get when it's all said and done always seem to equate better than the one player. But this is a situation where I feel like you said this guy, if he's so young, he's at a premier spot – He's been dominant, you know, Oregon tackles can be a little suspect. We've seen that in the past guys that have flashed well there at all positions coming to the pros and, and at multiple times been suspect, but a couple times it's, it's obviously worked out here recently as well. So I, I yeah, the reason I'll give you the depends is because I think it does on the, on the return, but I mean, this is one where I'd be sitting there going, "Man, maybe this guy is based on what's around him too." Because I don't love some of the other options. If I love three or four more options right there, I would definitely do a trade down. But I think it's him, and it's it's not that close with some of these other people for me. Even though like the receiver and stuff would be fun, I think the tackle's the better play. So let, let me throw the uh, this next one. I'll be curious your answer. So so Pitts is gone, Chase is gone, Devontae Smith goes to the. Dolphins. So you have your boy Fields and your boy Sewell on the board as well as the other weapons. And we haven't even talked about, you know, the the Micah Parsons or like, say, let's say there's a trade down on the board as well. So you can either trade down and get a nice package. You can take Justin Fields because he's the top on your board and he's a QB and that's premium. Or you can say, forget both of those and take Penny Sewell. What do you do? No yes, no's or or maybe just I guess you could say no. Yes or no.
1: any <laughs> Sewell? It would be my pick,
0: okay, <laughs> still I,
1: over over fields.
0: okay, so we've established that Logan will take Justin Fields if the other options aren't available, but if he's there and Sewell is there, he's gonna lean to the offensive line, which I I think is a smart move, no doubt about it. Now, my final scenario, Pitts is on the board. Chase is on the board. Sewell is there. I mean, we're just going to put everybody fields, a trade, everybody's up and you got all these. What is like what is the pick with all those options? Because we all it's a little unrealistic, but it's we've seen crazier things happen in the draft. I mean, same with Kyle Pitts. If he gets past one or two teams, he can be there. You know, Jamar Chase can be there when it's all said and done. Devontae Smith most likely will be there. Jalen Waddle, everyone's favorite speedy guy, will be, you know, it's like let's assume most of those are on the board. Like lay it out for me of just like I'm making the pick or at that point there's so many of these options I'm just going to trade down because I can't make the choice.
1: Yeah, I mean, if there's four guys there and Sewell's off the board but you still have, you know, every, every guy you mentioned, uh, I would definitely be looking to try to trade down. Uh, but that would probably mean that there was – if all those guys are available, I imagine that means all the quarterbacks are off the board, which I don't know uh, if they're – what the type of, you know, other teams trying to get up with the Lions for a non-quarterback. I don't know if that would necessarily be the case. I, In an ideal world, the Lions would be able to trade down and still get one of those guys. But to me, Jamar Chase, if he's still there, out of, you know, the big names, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts – and the rest of the guys, I I still think Jamar Chase would be my my option, and I do like Kyle okay. Pitts, but it is a bit concerning. Um, I know I don't call him a tight end, but uh, it would be something where the Lions would have to basically create a scheme around him to fit him in to be on the field at all times, like with Hawkinson, and that might be tough to do. It sometimes it seems a lot easier uh, than you would think it would be, but then once the coaches put him out there, it's like the role or what they want to do just doesn't really match up and it creates difficulties. And whereas Jamar chase is pretty, just straight plug and play. I mean, he's, I think a day one starter in the lions need receivers and chase is impressive. So I'm, I'm pretty high in Jamar chase as well. And I would, he would be my pick there.
0: Could you see a scenario where it literally goes the three Q to B's then somebody jumps up to get Mac Jones, then somebody jumps up to get Trey Lance and the lions are literally sitting there with like what that would be with one team in front of them and all quarterbacks going before that.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I would be a little surprised, but at the same time, I wouldn't, it's just one of those deals where it, anything had happened in quarterbacks. Teams get so desperate to get quarterbacks sometimes where they make, crazy trades and they do whatever they have to do to move up to get their guy. So I, I could see that happening. I, but I guess it's more of Mac Jones. Like, again, me personally not believing that he's worth it for a team to really trade up for. And that's why I can't believe that it'd be San Francisco moving all the way up to three, just to secure Mac Jones type of thing. If, if at three they took Mac Jones. Yeah. And then I I think the that's, talent's there. The wild card is Mac Jones. Again, yeah. going back to him. If if he's selected at that third spot, I could easily see, you know, Fields and Lance having teams trade up or maybe even Atlanta. I, I don't think they would with that Matt Ryan restructure that they just did. But you never know. It's a it's a new regime in there. Maybe they want their guy, but uh, it's Yeah, you're asking some tough questions, man, but (laughs) I I, I can see all five quarterbacks going to the top five. Uh, I mean, but it's very unlikely. At the same time,
0: when I got Logan on the show, I really gotta, I really gotta turn up the heat on the questions to get you, get your mind turning here because that would be the most fun and unique scenario, especially even for a Lions fan to see it go top three. Like say, let's say Mac Jones at three, then somebody they trade out Fields goes, then somebody gets panicky and the the Bengals are willing to move down and and they can still get a weapon if they were gonna go weapon anyway, um, or even at six, you know, the Dolphins are just like hey we moved up but we'll move back and then you're sitting there the Lions are like getting the second best non-quarterback like that'd be tremendous but I I can't wait to see what happens now let's just finish this out on our uh, take our commercial break can we agree that to me the realistic options and things Lions fans should be hoping for are Penny Sewell, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, um, Slater, and then there's also the group of people out there that do like Devonte Smith because he won the Heisman and and Waddle due to his speed. Do you think those are just the what's that three six main options six options and they're picking at seven? Like would you say those are the names, or you want to throw anybody else in there?
1: I think that the top three guys um, are are definitely the the biggest targets: of the Sewell, Chase, and Pitts. Uh, Slater and Waddle are kind of in the same similar range for me. And I, I like Micah Parsons a lot too. Um, but again, I don't know everything, all the details about the off field type of things and, uh, just personality wise, if he's a fit you know, I'm not, I'm not in those interviews and what they're thinking, but on, on field talent, I think he is a special talent. Now he doesn't have a ton of man coverage film. Uh, you don't really get to see all that much and he's still relatively new to the linebacker position. So that might be a bit of projection, which is sometimes scary and it's just that linebacker spot is just the value isn't there, but I, I do like Micah Parsons and the lions uh, are supposedly have been connected with him a little bit. So I, I would throw him into the mix too, but um, I wouldn't be upset with Parsons, but I know there's plenty of other fans that would be uh, cause that means obviously if they take him, they cleared him with his uh, you know, just character concerns or anything like that. They, must feel comfortable with that, and if if they feel comfortable with that, I feel comfortable with that.
0: Yeah, I'll just be real quick. I, I think Lions fans should just focus on the names: Pitts, Chase, Sewell. If those guys all either aren't available, or the Lions don't like him. I mean, Waddle seems to be the next pick, where that would just be the speed guy that you know this regime would like. And then I'm curious how where Devontae Smith goes because I feel like somebody's gonna love him. I I did a mock. Um, earlier this week and I put out him him going at six to the Dolphins because there's something to be said with pairing up Chase and Joe Burrow just like I think there is with Tua and Devontae Smith I feel like that's a nice sweet combo rather than get cute and try to wait and fill it later like I could see him just going there based on what he did this past year where he's from and just being able to I think he said him and Tua have even talked about playing together like don't be surprised if that happens but I just can't wait I hope this year is the year where the Lions are sitting there picking at seven and it's like pick five and it goes our way. And then pick six is like, oh, good, we didn't want him anyway. And then seven, we get to just wait it out. And then Brad Holmes just hits a home run with the pick where like, you know, 90% of Lions fans are like, on board with it, excited, fits. He ends up being a good football player. So that's really what I'm hoping happens. But Logan, let's go ahead and take a break, um, get our great sponsors in here. We got a new sponsor, realitysportsonline.com, the greatest fantasy platform out there. You got to check it out. I, I'm running multiple leagues there and love playing on that platform so everybody has to check that out as well as our other good sponsors and we'll also have a, a spot in there for believe in lions b-l-e-a-v in Lions, with myself and benny blades it drops on thursday morning so everybody will take a quick break check that out and come back we're talking all things draft and, and lions football with logan lamor and deer of sports illustrated all Lions. everybody we'll be right back Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG 13. Detroit Kool Aid drinkers, I am fired up. I am excited to tell you about one of our new great sponsors. Now, by now, Most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, it's time to go see what the buzz in the Dynasty fantasy community is all about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades, Franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, and so much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Do you think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your metal. Still not sure? You can test your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. So here's what I need all you guys to do. Head over to Reality Sports Online. You'll hear me talk about it on the show and call it RSO. Head over to Reality Sports Online and check them out right now. Everybody, I want to take a quick pause and tell you about my other Lions podcast. Now, you know, on this show, I serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid on Wednesdays and Fridays. But on my other podcast that drops on Thursday mornings, that's called Believe. And that's spelled B-L-E-A-V in Lions. Believe in Lions with myself and Lions legendary safety, Benny Blades. That's right. Me and Benny Blades chop it up, talking football. He's hilarious. He makes me laugh. We get in a bunch of arguments. And, you know, he talks about... The you all the time. But Benny also talks about the Detroit Lions. He was a great player on the field. He has great stories. Love his football knowledge across the board. We have a bunch of fun. So everybody hit that subscribe button. Find it on your favorite podcast platform. Again, that's Believe in Lions. Myself and Benny Blades on the Believe Podcasting Network. Check it out. We thank you so much for the support. Detroit Kool Aid drinkers, thank you so much for those responses. Thanks for hitting that subscribe button. Thank you for listening to the show and drinking that Detroit Kool Aid. We got Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated here on the show. And we gave you all types of scenarios, things to think about. I pretty much grilled Logan in the first part of the show. He sweating. He didn't know what to do. I even had to call him the waffle maker at some point, which, uh, you know, I hated to do it, but I had to with some of these uh, fence riding answers he was given, but he laid it out. Great, great content as always. So Logan on the back part of the show, we've pretty much broke it down, but I'm just curious, like What's your dream pick right now? The pick that you would love, the pick that you want to have happen. I mean, I, I'm guessing it's Sewell based on what you said, but are there any other players where you just think it might even not be realistic, but this is the guy I would love to be a Detroit Lion when it's all said and done?
1: Yeah, Penny Sewell, you guessed it. You heard me rave about him earlier. I, I still think he's the top guy. That's, any, any Sewell chase? it's if any of them falls I'm happy with all three of them but Sewell is my top non-quarterback prospect
0: and you seem to be on board with just you would rather have one of those three guys than have an extra second rounder an extra first rounder next year you pretty much if those guys are there it sounds like you'd rather turn in the card than acquire those extra assets at this point is that right?
1: With Sewell, yes. For Kyle Pitts, I'm more than happy trading out and letting someone else take him, even though I think he's a great talent. um, I think you can probably get more value with more picks. And then even Jamar Chase. I like Jamar Chase, but the receiver position, the college level is just producing so many receivers every year, and you can really get great value at receiver in the mid-rounds, and I'm fine taking chances there Uh, and just having more draft picks to use that receiver maybe double dip at receiver instead of having just jamar chase so um yeah if it's sewell i, I probably wouldn't trade back but if it's chaser Pitt still there and there's a trade down option i'd be more than happy to do it
0: now i've seen the logan your mock draft i think you put out a i want to say it was all seven rounds recently and one of your yep. recent mocks <laughs> you had which you've had multiple times i believe when i've looked and Jalen Waddle to the Lions. Now, I think there'll be something coming out on Lions Wire that Jeff Risden's putting together that I sent him a couple players that I would and wouldn't like. Um Jalen Waddle was your selection. I know Risden loves Jalen Waddle. He it's his best case scenario, I believe, for the Lions. Talk to me about this player because he, he had some injuries. He's he's obviously got the speed element. If that is the call at seven. Do you love it? Are you just uh eh? are, are you are you upset? Like I've seen you mock him, but that doesn't mean you would love it, or that's a pick you would make. What do you think about him?
1: Yeah, so when I did that mock, it was more of a predictive mock of what I think what would happen. And Waddle just really fits the profile of all the the players that the Lions have added so far. And Brad Holmes is look, he just looks for speed, and I do love speed. Uh Waddle is going to be one of the fastest guys in the NFL. Yeah. He's a little on the smaller side, but the thing is, is he plays much bigger too. And when he was in contested catches situation, he still comes down with some crazy catches a lot like Tyree kill. And I know that's a common comp uh, for Waddle because he plays a lot bigger than he is. And then if he has the ball in the open field, he just tears apart angles and you think a guy's going to get him, And all of a sudden he just runs right by him. So the injury history, yeah, it's a little bit concerning and, Being that he is relatively small, you know, just a shade under 5'10", 180 pounds, that's not a big receiver, not your prototypical uh, wide receiver one. But the the speed element is just something unique that you can't – you're not really going to find that outside of, you know, Schwartz from Auburn. I I don't think there's anyone faster than him in this draft. And it's been a long time since the Lions have had true speed – Uh, At the receiver position, I just think it'd be really nice to have guys that can maybe take a slant to the house, you know, just um, make people miss and outrun people like we just haven't seen that in such a long time. And that's just the way the NFL is going. And so, yeah, I I wouldn't be elated with the waddle pick because I I don't think he's the perfect prospect or uh, the receiver position to me. I mentioned earlier how there's you can get guys in the middle rounds that produce just fine and have a nice impact their rookie year but Waddle just has an element to his game that not other many people can provide. And that's, that's why I'd be happy with it. But I, I do think there'd be better value.
0: Yeah. For, for me, the two things that stick out is he doesn't seem like a number seven overall pick. I mean, we just ran through multiple scenarios and it didn't seem very realistic that he's going to be the the top player because all those guys we just talked about for the first part of the show are all going to have to be gone for him to be the next up. If they are set on a weapon. And you hit on it too. the the number one option. I mean, your number one doesn't have to be six two, six three, two hundred and fifteen pounds, and and go up and get the football and all that stuff we've been used to with the Lions. But he, I just, I, I see him as like that that two guy that you add that just has that unique element. But he just is great because they're loading up on another guy. If he's brought in here with the Lions, I feel like. I don't know that I can have defenses just focus on him and fear him all the time. And we've already added speed, in my opinion. Like, I'm looking for shifty slot guys and guys that are crazy route runners more so than speed because I think Tyrell and and Perriman can get up over the top. So, I we'll see what happens. I mean, I guess if you, if you want my favorite picks, like, I'm with you on the whole Sewell thing, but... I just I just don't love anybody here at seven. There's nobody that I like have to have. I mean, even Jamar Chase, you kind of hit it on it. I wouldn't mind him, but I don't have to have him. Kyle Pitts, I'm more of a Kyle Pitts guy than you. I feel like he just creates issues all over the field. Everybody's so hyping him up, which I think could be to his detriment. You know, he's just getting so much love that he could never live up to it type of thing, but... i i I like that pick more just based on what he can do on the field and how unique he is kind of that unicorn abilities that he has at his size and and where you can move him and put him on the football field but like i said none of those guys i need to have except sewell i think is great value and then as i do almost every year i'm just praying for that trade down (laughs) i just need a trade partner so i can move two slots with denver I'll move down if Jared Jones wants to come up and get a player. I'll move down with the Patriots if they want to come up and get their quarterback. I mean, I wouldn't mind the, you know, if Washington wants to give me a ring a ding. I'd move down all the way to 19. I I don't play these games, Logan, about, oh, there's some teardrop or off, or, you know, oh, I'm going to miss out on somebody. Like, the minute that you're giving me a high second round pick, And and next year's first where then I'll have three ones and I can go get anybody I want and do anything like I just think that's what we got to be hoping for as Lions fans. But is is there a pick that you would you would hate or that you would just shake your head at, especially if they're stuck at seven and they turn in the card and it's this guy and you're just like, oh, that guy was bottom of my list. You know, now you're going to have to make it work like I've been known to do where I try to then root for it, even if I don't like it.
1: There's not many. I mean, there's a lot of guys I, I wouldn't be upset with. Even like, um, I, I think one guy I would be disappointed with is Devonta Smith because he is very lean, <laughs> 170 pounds, a six foot. And you just don't see that there, there's really not many comparisons outside of like Marvin Harrison. He's one outlier to have that body type and really excel. And I know everyone talks about his, route running ability but there's plenty of times where he's just running wide open like he got schemed up to get open in Alabama scheme and um I I just don't know if that if he's that great of a route runner where the tools that he has I don't I don't think he's a blazer by any means he didn't didn't run his 40 I was really interested to see you know how fast he was and he was probably like a mid four fours guy which is fine but outside of you know, yeah, he's a great at catching too. I guess he can catch the ball away from his body. He's just at his age, you know, in college, I, I feel like that probably helps too. He's he would be an older rookie. He's a guy who I would probably be most disappointed with. Um, and he's, I think he's like 15 or 16 on my big board. So he's just, I know a lot of people are really high on him and he was super productive, but at the same time, Jalen Waddle was out producing Devonta Smith and the four games they played together. And it was Jalen Waddle that was re- getting all the love and if I think if Jalen Waddle was healthy all year he probably would have been the Heisman winner um, but he, who knows how that would have played out but I, I'm just not super high on Devonta Smith and I know at, at a certain point especially going through the college playoffs there was plenty of mocks that had Devonta Smith going to the Lions and I, I've just never been a huge fan I, I wouldn't hate it but I wouldn't be very happy with that either
0: yeah good stuff from you I, I think the biggest thing we- with him for me is just will he hold up? Because I I could see him going to the Lions and just being that target for Jared Goff that just can get open quick, a guy that can be a silky smooth route runner, can kind of like just be real dependable. You know, he seems like just kind of a uh, I don't want to say low key, but kind of just a cool guy who he could get along well with Goff. They could build that rapport and. And I don't know, I just see him more as a one than, like I said, with Waddle and then your other guys would compliment Smith based on what he did in college as well as, like, if he could stay on the football field, I think you can get him shallow, medium, get up over the top at times, you know, catches everything like you said. I don't know, he, he doesn't wow you, but, I mean, what he did last year at college wows you, and I think the NFL team could really figure out how to use him, but I don't know if he's going from five six all the way down to like I've seen him in in the mid-teens you know 15 18 you know somewhere in that range maybe even in the 20s and one mock so it's it's a mystery where he'll go but I'm kind of with you that would that would be a tough one as well as waddle for me and then the the tackle you know even if they surprise us and they took you know a Parsons at seven or something it might even be high but it's just such a position of need that I'd be like I could understand it, you know, especially if he ends up being just a terror on the football field, like um, you could roll with it. So speaking of mock drafts, like let's let's go ahead and close up the show kind of with this. Like you, everybody knows the Lions needs for the most part wide receiver could use another tackle, need some linebackers. A safety position is absolute. Trash, you know, just so thin at safety. Um, could we could use another corner, you know, and then we're talking, you know, bolstering weapons here and there, you know, when we get deeper in the rounds. But in regards to mock drafts, like the mock draft roundup. Have you seen any jump out of you that are real surprising or we've kind of hinted on a lot of the names? I mean, do, do you feel like there's going to be a bunch of wild cards when we get to next Thursday uh, draft time? Or do you think it's going to be, oh, yeah, I remember seeing that or, yeah, that guy made sense there. I mean, I feel like every year you hear all these names and all this mocks leading up and then Thursday comes and it's just an absolute, I mean, I don't even know. It's so off the rails by like pick six every year. It says no, no idea that you could ever get a mock, right? I mean, it's crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think this year, especially just because with the opt-outs and limited film on certain players, uh, there's a lot more projection. I think that goes on, especially with the opt-outs. Yeah. There's just, it's one of those things where it's, it was such an odd year last year where there might be some players that come out of nowhere and there always is that's that's the crazy thing is and if anyone ever has anything in their mock draft that's out of the ordinary or goes against the grain a little bit it's funny like the author will always get killed for their mock draft but it's like it happens every year there's things that are wildly unexpected every year that no one can predict and there's usually some someone out there that predicted it just you know for no rhyme or reason but they said it and they got killed for it (laughs) And then it happens and they're like, oh, yeah, I knew all along. But it's like,
0: no, no one knows. Why do you think it's so crazy? Like, do you think it's just NFL teams? Like, just like they just take their type of guys or we don't know the scheme or we don't, like most years, you know, we don't get to see any these interviews or, or medicals. Like, do you think that's why, like, the media and fans were so in the dark because these guys have all this extra info and they're just taking, hey, I love this guy's interview. His medical's all checked out. He's a guy that we love even if he's off the radar for everybody else. Cause I, like I said, I'll do a mock and I feel like you might get, you might get a handful, right. Based on people trading up and down guys going a whole bunch lower. I mean, there's been years where you got guy in the top 10. He doesn't even get in the first round by the time it's all said and done.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it always happens. And I think, you know, from a social media standpoint and just mock drafts in general, like there's a lot of group think that just goes on and NFL teams are, I think, are in a little bit more of a bubble and they hold true to their convictions. And if they feel like they have a certain player that really fits their scheme or that they really like, you know, they're not afraid to take them. There's GMs out there. It's like that they know what they're doing. And it's like, we like this guy. We don't care what the media thinks. And the media is oftentimes the biggest driver for where players are going to go or what ex- set expectations for where players should go. And that's not always how the NFL thinks. So I'm, I'm always prepared to have, you know, just the wildest things happen, and just understand that That's that's the NFL. Sometimes they have the smartest man in the room type of <laughs> thing going, like had with Quinn. I feel like at sometimes, but uh, <laughs> I was gonna say,
0: I, I feel like on the I, other I'm, end, there's 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 picks where I feel like, you know that guy may love them or like you said that they may think they have it figured out, but there's definitely picks that I've shook my head at year after year. And then those guys don't work out. So I don't feel like these NFL teams have it perfect. Just like you're seeing all these mocks and like, yeah, we know they're not going to go the same way, but I mean, there's lots of people spending lots of time trying to figure this thing out. So sometimes I'm curious, what, what kind of work really goes on behind the scenes in regards to all this. But I can't wait to see what happens, man. I do think it's going to be crazy. I mean, I think the big guy that has dropped from early in the process to now is Gregory Rousseau. He we went from top 10-ish to, like, mid-round to low-round. Now I just don't even know he gets into round one, you know, based on some of the things I've seen and read. But, I mean, he could be in the mix there. So I just can't wait to see how it shakes out. I'm really hoping, again, I kind of hit it on this for winter break. I would love to... Have the Lions make a trade at 7. Move down to the mid-rounds and just play that value game. Just let the board come to you. If nobody's, you know, you move down to 15 or whatever and there's somebody there you love, you take him. If there's not, there's no rule that you can't move down twice. So if somebody else is chomping at the bit, I mean, gosh, just just move down again. I mean, they only have six selections. So a double trade down will get you in that, you know, 8 to 12 category. That's really how you make hay because I, I was going through some of the picks last year. The Vikings have taken this approach the last couple of years, where they've had twelve to fifteen plus picks, I think the last two drafts, and they've missed on some players. But because of that volume, they've been able to kind of acquire lots of young, cheap talent. I think that's really a way to go. So I'm really hoping Brad Holmes kind of takes that approach and says, "Hey, if I don't love someone, and someone's willing to make a deal, as long as it's worth you know worth it to them." finally, don't be afraid to trade down. If you know the board and you know talent like Brad Holmes says he does and and what he's getting touted for, you should be able to move all around the board and get players you like. You know, that's what I'm hoping happens.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and especially considering where the Lions are at in a rebuild, they can take, you know, outside of a couple of positions, they can really take any position. Uh, no matter what's going on in the draft, they can select any player that falls and they can probably use him The Lions just need talent. They need general playmakers. They need anything. So, yeah, trading down and just getting a guy who slips a little further than some are expecting, I think, is a win for the Lions.
0: No doubt about it, man. I I know you've been putting out the mocks. I've been putting them out twice a week. Mondays, no trades. Friday, we get crazy and make trades on Twitter. Um, You know, I'm almost out of options at this point. I've taken all the different options. We went over the scenarios today. I just can't wait till it gets here, man. So I'm so glad we were to have you on here before the draft. uh, Talk about it. We'll have you back on on the Friday show. That's going to be fire talking about um, more player specific stuff. So we've went the whole show, man. I've I've I mentioned Sports Illustrated. I've given you some plugs, but I know you're all over the place, probably in regards to. you know, radio spots and doing some media stuff and doing some of the writing you're doing and you're you're knee deep, like you say, in all this research, as we love to do for the draft, just because we love the draft. You know, it's it's not even a, you know, a work thing most of the time. It's just like me, you, everybody that loves this thing is trying to figure it out and just have fun with it. It's less than a week away, man.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. There's a reason I spend 11 hours putting together a full seven round mock draft. It's not because (laughs) I have to. It's because I I enjoy doing it and it's a great exercise just to kind of, you know, see where the the rest of the league's at in terms of positions and kind of how my board falls for draft picks and where I think they'll go. So uh, the draft has always been just a passion of mine. So I I enjoy doing it. I love talking about it. And yeah, it was a a good time.
0: Is is the Logan big board going up on Sports Illustrated? That's what I want to know.
1: I'm still figuring that out because right now I have an Excel sheet with like 340 players that I've kind of been, you know, putting together. I have all the the measurements and everything, you know, the 40 times and all that stuff. So it's, it's all together. I can sort them out by each position and everything. So, um, you know, you start getting to like that day three and you just have a clump of players are like, these players are all in the same tier, but I have to try to rank them. So it gets tough, (laughs) but I think I at least want to try to put out like my top 100, uh, players for the lions. And I might even try to get into a Google document, just my full, full board with, it's just very convenient to have all the players with all their measurements all in one spot. And you can just kind of filter through everything. It's makes it a lot more convenient, especially with no combine this year, the NFL dot NFL.com doesn't doesn't have their typical uh, combine measurements and stuff like that. So it's been tough to come across. So I've just started putting together a list
0: that's true yeah man uh very excited to see that always love your content like you say it's it's so hard to you know you're stacking them one on top of the other i i definitely like to do the horizontal where it's all positions and it's kind of like hey you're just trying to find value at different spots more so than well this tackle is better than this receiver it's it gets a little dicey there but uh we'll have to talk about that one day of how you how you break it down one guy over the next but everybody you need to check out logan's stuff sports illustrated all lines as i've said. And you can find him at L Llamorandir on Twitter, putting out content, links to his stuff. Um, he'll be all over the place, I'm sure, as busy as he is with other things. Uh, come draft time, he'll be, he'll be out there talking about it, enjoying it with the fans, no doubt about it.
1: Awesome. Thanks, man.
0: Appreciate it, Logan. We'll catch you on Friday. Everybody, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Take care. We're out. Drink it in, man.